How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. Yeah. ten grand to me. Yeah. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. Welcome back to episode number 23 of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. That's right. We look at the business side of sports and certainly a lot of business to discuss in terms of Major League Baseball. This is really, as I welcome in my broadcast partner, Cam Evans of the Evans Law Group. Cam, the first time we've reconvened, you know, through the uh, since the pandemic has, has loosened its grip a little bit, I guess you would say, but we are back in effect. How are you, man? We're, we're all still in one piece here. We're all in one piece. I kind of feel like a bear coming out of hibernation, you know, just trying to slowly wake up, stretch, and, uh, you know, see what's going on and see if the the sports world can get its act together um, for, for everybody's benefit, um, including owners, players, society, uh, and do it in, in a safe way, uh, but do something to help us feel like we are continuing to get more back to normal uh, than where we have been for an incredible three months that, you know, we'll never forget. Our kids are going to never forget when we're living through history. Um, And it's time, though, to get distracted from that and and, and be focused more on sports. Yeah. You know, what's funny, Cam, through all this, all of the all the stuff that deep down in our soul we knew was trivial, how we live and die with a baseball score or a football score. We were reminded how trivial it is, and at the same time, we've been reminded how much it means to our everyday existence, haven't we? Yeah, you have. I mean, well, you got to divide. I think you certainly have that part of society who is it, it breathes it like oxygen. They need this. They need sports, right. and 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 the lack of sports, they haven't been able to fill that gap with something else meaningful enough long term. The other risk is that you have a certain part of society who's like, huh. I guess I can live without sports. You know what? To be honest with you, I, I and me who who make I make my living based on sports, and, and I will I will say this, Cam, I did I did find it surprising how quickly we as humans, meaning me in particular, can adapt. I mean, I, I did find ways. You know, I, I started checking out the stock market. Um, you know, I I really went hard on workouts and nutrition and all that stuff. I mean, the human soul, you know, it certainly can adapt. It is. And I mean, and that is the great action verb right there, adapt. And that's what we need to do as a society. That's what we have done as a society is to adapt over this. We're going to get through it. Um, but people do it and you figure out what else can you do um, to, to fill that time. And now, um, you know, if you're sitting up, you know, we are you know, in Metro Detroit where you, you were locked in, you know, the house for for three months. Um, the weather was no good, so it wasn't like you could get out for walks very much. Now you're looking that we're finally into summer, and it's a large part of the United States is finally getting into their good weather for the year. Um, and you get into July and August when they're looking at you know reopening and starting back up sports. You know, are, are you going to want to sit around at night and watch a basketball game, watch a hockey game? baseball, assuming they can come to an agreement, or you want to be out doing something. Um, I think even if the sports come back, it's going to be a different viewing audience because as much as people crave it, 
they're probably not going to say, gee, I want to sit down in my, in my I want to spend more time in my house in the good weather so I can watch some sports that I've missed in a while. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. He is Cam Evans of the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, sports broadcaster here in the Detroit area. You are listening to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, episode number 23. But we did want to focus on that. We, we want to get into Major League Baseball. I think there's a ton of angles that we can cover. And speaking of that, a little bit later on, we'll have my discussion with Tony Paul, who uh, right now is furloughed from the Detroit News, but that's uh, his usual line of employment uh, right around Major League Baseball all the time. Very active in the Detroit News' coverage with Major League Baseball and a uh, very good friend of mine. And, and he, you know, look, Tony Paul, anyone that knows him, certainly in this area, he'll shoot you straight. He tells you what he thinks. And uh, it, it was great to pick his brain. And uh, we'll have that conversation coming up for you in just a little bit. But uh, Cam, there there are a multitude of angles that I want to get into with you. And certainly I, I discuss them with Tony Paul to get his take on it. But as we look at this right now and, you know, your experience throughout your career, you you have intimate knowledge, I think, that, that a lot of people might not understand. Break this down for the common sports fan because, look, I've heard people say that it's billionaires versus a millionaires, and it's tough to pick a side. But the bottom line through all this is it's a business negotiation in terms of the Major League Baseball labor deal that's coming up next year that they need to that they need to get the ball rolling on. What happens here in this over the course of the next two weeks will go a long way in dictating, you know, give and take. Because if you give something up now, chances are when you when you go to write the new labor deal, you've given that up for good. No, it's, it becomes you know an impediment to potential deals. You, you will be seen as giving something back up or trying to get something that you gave away. Um, you you have millionaires versus billionaires, and what you hope from you know Major League Baseball is that actually people give a damn on one side or the other. I'm either for the millionaire players, and let's remember, you know, the you know more majority of the players make less than a million dollars, and you're in the show for you know. Three to six years, you may go to arbitration through that process, um, but if you're, you're not making enough, right, right. You're not you're not making the Bryce Harper type of contracts, the Mickey contracts, the Zimmerman contracts. Um, those are the rarefied air. They're out there certainly. Um, and so, is this a situation where the owners um, are trying to divide the players? the haves and the have-nots a little bit right now as to who we want to come back. Is it a show of force from the owners? Remember who's ultimately in power because they own the teams and they will be here for decades unless they voluntarily decide to sell the teams, which their franchise values have skyrocketed. And a massive profit. Right, yeah. right. And so in players, you know, they, they don't have that leverage. They have other leverage because without the players, you have no sport. It sure. is it, This is not people that put together um, you know, uh, you know the auto parts uh, that that make the beer, whatever it is that that is more interchangeable. You know, these are the freaks of nature that can go do what they do, and very few people can do it at a high level. Um, but yeah, they're trying to right now to, I, I, I think feel each other out. It's kind of like the first rounds of a 15-round, well, back in the day, you know, boxing, when we used to be boxing, that's UCF, so the first 15 seconds of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, fights currently, but it's it's a situation where they're pushing and shoving and they're trying to, you know, get their balance and figure out what is best for them, but yeah, they're not looking at just 2020. They're looking at 2021, 2022, 20, uh, onward, and what's going to be ultimately best for their interests. And you, you hope that they don't just simply piss off too many people, too many fans, and fans all of a sudden don't care. 
whether they like the billionaires or not or the millionaires or not. And you go back to what happened in 94 and 95 when the World Series was lost and you just had a disengagement of fans. Cam Evans, Neil Rule here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, episode number 23. Remember, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Click subscribe and you are in there. Rate it, review it, help us out. You know, it, it feels good to be back uh, delivering the content to y'all. And uh, this is something that, that we have a lot of fun doing. A little bit later on, I'll be joined by Tony Paul, uh, furloughed right now from the Detroit News, but that's his usual line of employment. He's around the game of baseball a lot. He has some thoughts. Uh, certainly, I have some thoughts. Cam Evans has some expertise in it as well. The Major League Baseball draft took place last night as we have recorded this. And uh, we'll we'll discuss the the draft in just a couple of minutes. But this is something, Cam, that I ran by Tony Paul to get his thoughts. And I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. And this this will localize us a little bit. And I was listening to David Sampson's podcast, uh, Nothing Personal. And he's a former president of the then Florida, now Miami Marlins. Uh, really constructed a team, won a World Series, deconstructed a team. I mean, he, he's seen it from all angles in a small market too. And one of the episodes he had in March, he talked about the fact locally – he said, you have a, a, a segment of owners, and he said that Chris Illich would fall as one of these owners, that there would be some benefits to not playing the season, that deep down that they, they wouldn't mind not playing a season, in that you have teams out there that are that are kind of constructed like the Tigers, and Tony Paul brings us up in a little bit, where they're in the midst of a rebuild. There's no question about that. With the Miguel Cabrera contract, the Jordan Zimmerman contract, with what they've agreed to as far as this year goes, Cam, you get the year of service time if you're a player. However, the year of contract comes off the books. So if you're Chris Illich, that's and this, this year more than maybe any, and hopefully if you're Chris Illich, maybe more than forever, this year that would be at its peak value to a franchise like the Detroit Tigers to, to skate out on paying 30 plus million to Miguel Cabrera to, to have the final 25 million of the of the Jordan Zimmerman contract comes off a, a neat little nugget I forgot to bring this up to Tony Paul I believe Prince Fielder is going to be the highest paid player in baseball this year <laughs> I thank you, Texas Rangers, for taking them <laughs> off our hands. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, there are a fragment of, of owners out there where I think deep down, if, if you talk to them in, in, in the basement, you know, with the, with the shades drawn and everything like that, they would say, ah, you know, there, there might be some benefits to not playing because on paper there certainly are. Uh, from a financial standpoint. Right. You know, on and, paper. And, 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 and it's how much money are you going to lose. I mean, they're losing money this year. But that's right. I mean, they've made money every year. Um, you know, and, and, and since anybody can last remember, and they don't open up their books anyway, so you don't really have a sense of what these owners are making. Um, but you, you look at that, but then, you know, the other part for somebody like the Tigers that isn't a rebuild, that their future is in the minor leagues. And now you're losing a year of development from your minor leaguers. You're using a year, potentially, of having them under your eye and tutelage from the standpoint of conditioning, training. Development. Development. Right. You, hey, and you got pitchers out there, which are the crop for the 
for the Tigers. That's what Tigers are going to, you know, they're, they're going to ride the waves of pitchers, you know, and you get somebody who get, gets an arm problems next year. And, you know, it's going to be, was it because they were not throwing like they should have been throwing uh, as regular as, or as I said, at the watchful eye of the trainers and the coaches and, you know, the GMs and, and you lose that year. And all of a sudden, if you're here in Detroit where there's a lack of interest anyways, because the team has not been competitive to say the least, um, are you going to continue now to say, Oh, gee, I got some better thing to do in the summer. Um, and the Tigers fall off the radar. Um, but, you know, I, I, from my own personal standpoint, I think that they will fall off the radar no matter what because they're not competitive. And as soon as they become good again, They'll be back. Yeah, everybody will be back. Everybody will be back. It'll be $3 million down at Comerica, and everything's going to be good. Assuming you can have people in the park by then. Um, but it, it's it's an interesting time. But from a financial standpoint, yeah, there is, there's benefits to not playing the season if you're looking at a very discreet snapshot of the summer of 2020 or fiscal year 2020. You don't know the ramifications then going forward. Cam Evans, Neil Rule here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Cam Evans, certainly the purveyor of the Evans Law Group. So this is uh, right in his wheelhouse. And Cam, when I walked in the door today, uh, as we stayed socially distant from each other, um, when I walked in the door today, I I brought up the fact, I I talked about the labor deal, the impending labor deal, and what was going to be going on with it. And and your ears kind of perked up. And, and you talked, you know, you had this look on your face of, this is a negotiation, this is, this is business right now, and this is at the highest level. This is the highest stakes. Uh, the time frame is short, and deadlines make deals, right? I always hear uh, Mike Valenti in, in uh, Detroit Sports Talk Radio here in the town. I always hear him say that phrase, and couldn't agree more, man. Deadlines make deals, and when you look at it from the perspective of you have to get this done now. It's got to get done now if, if you're going to play. This, this will lead – somebody will cave, right? I mean, you, you've been in business negotiations, labor negotiations all the time. Somebody always caves, don't they? Most likely. <laughs> not always. And the history of, of Major League Baseball is not always. Yeah. They had some of the most disruptive, historic strikes or labor stoppage, whatever you want to call them, um, in any pro sport. Um, and so they are digging in their heels right now, and that can be posturing, can be a lot of things. Um, I am, I am not certain that there will be a negotiated agreement to have games played at Major League Baseball. I'm hopeful. It's certainly a, a, a possibility, um, and it may be more probable than not probable. But they are not. Um, on the same page on a lot of different issues right now. The look on your face right now, Cam, is is interesting when you when you bring that up because, all right, well, you know, put you on the spot a little bit. What, what's a percent? Do you, what's a percentage that you think there'll be Major League Baseball this year on a negotiated basis? Seventy uh, percent. Now I say you're going to play. I think it was probably ninety percent that you're a play, but I think that the commissioner has has in his pocket the ability to force. A very shortened season, you know, fifty games um, is 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 what everybody seems to be consensus of that the the commissioner has that power, and the commissioner would probably do it, um, but it, they don't seem to want to find a deal right now. They seem to have other interests of either showing, hey, we're going to stake the ground for next year. We're not going to give. This is a power play, as I said, they're pushing each other right now, um, and. You look at it in, in the broader context, um, 
you know, and you've talked about this. Everybody's talked about this. I mean, there's nothing new here, but of the major sports out there, you know, they had a clean runway. Oh, oh, here you go. And, 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 and you could do it in a way that was socially appropriate, that was healthy. Um, but you could, you could have America's pastime, what was known as America's pastime, to be able to come back during the summer and help re-engage society in the entertainment sports the, area. The fourth, it was all lined up the 4th of July, the first pitch. You know, in, in, in Washington, you know, in Nationals Park or whatever, the first pitch of the season, America's back from the pandemic, and you couldn't keep baseball, you couldn't keep America down. It was all set up so perfectly. And yeah, I mean, that that, that looks like it's not going to be the case now, and, and, and that is sad. But Kim, I did want to pose this question to you. As far as the owners go, because here's what I think. If they have a 50-game season, I think that they're going to find out that this will be the most wildly popular season in the history of Major League Baseball because you're never – in a 50-game season, Cam, look, the Tigers got off to a good start last year. A 50-game season, they'd be right in the thick of things. You're going to have – you're going to have – there will be five teams that are in their quote-unquote rebuild that are supposedly dead on arrival right now over a course of a 162-game season that under a 50-game season will be in the mix with 10 games to go. There'll be some pretty dormant baseball markets that will be in the mix with 10 games to go. Is there some danger for the owners here to find out that less is more? Uh, well, danger maybe. Depends. Because if, if, if all of a sudden less is more but the viewership is up and their TV deals get better and the TV deals become closer to NFL deals. And, and, this, and you look, Cam, you know this in, in the business world. And I fight this battle all the time, and partially, par- partially reasons are selfish because it's in the it's in the employment field that I'm in. But broadcasting is where the money is. You can you can make more, way more off commercials than you can off tickets. But you, absolutely, and and what you do with the broadcast rights and how you know technology and right. stream everything else, it just it explodes. But you may learn that. Now you think about it, this would be a race to the finish. There will be no dog days of summer. No, you know in the old days, you know you you, you hear you know you got a 162 game season, you know. You 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 you're guaranteed basically to win 54 games, lose 54 games, and it's what you do with the other 54, <laughs> right. right? Well, you have you're going to get blown out 10 times a year, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Every every game matters, and certainly if you're in the mix, you you, you increase the number of teams that are in the mix simply because you're in a 50 game season. But if you can can recall, and listeners out there can you know can get it back in their minds when the Tigers are in a pennant race, all right. The feeling you get from like the, the, the third or fourth week in August all the way through September, the roller coaster, every night there's a game. Right. You're high, you're low. It's not like, you know, the lion, well, the lion's baddest choice, but, you know, something you got a little bit more of a thing. And, 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 and it's just this, this, as I said, it's a roller coaster because you're living every day. It's all anew. And you could really capture the attention of, of fans. You could capture the attention of betters. You could really get this back on to say, okay, maybe we need to do this a little differently. Maybe we don't need to be playing, you know, baseball at the end of March, early April. Um, when, when half the country's in crappy weather still. Um, maybe it can be something shortened. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they're going to say this means 162 is right 
all along. Um, but it would certainly give you this great experiment. You know, is there a way that we can make the game better going forward? Um, and they got a lot of things they got to deal with because, you know, people have short attention spans and baseball does not fit a short attention span type of crowd. No, it does not. And this morning, eating lunch before I before I came over uh, here to the studio uh, to sit down with you to do the pod here today, I, I asked my, my 13-year-old son about that. I said, buddy, uh, what's, your, what's your take on baseball? He's not a, he's not a big baseball guy, right? Like, and we'll we'll throw I'll throw him some pitches in the backyard, but he's not playing little league or anything like that. He's not watching it on TV. I said, "But you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to do this podcast about baseball. What's your thoughts on it?" And he's like, well, "Dad, it's boring." He said, "He said it's three and a half hours, and nothing's really happening. It takes you know an hour to play two innings." He goes, "That's I mean, this you know this is a esports crowd. This is you know this is vibrant colors." He, very, to quote uh, Matt, Matt McConaughey in The Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it's very acidic, very high-level mustard stuff. You know, I mean, you know, the d d d d d. I mean, that's the stimulation that they get from from their world that they're in, their screen-based, you know, technology-based world. Um, God, it's just, I, I really do worry about the game of baseball, especially going through all this. I, I, I really do, Cam, because this is a sport, man, that with tomorrow's youth, today's youth. It's the passion's not there, man. When I when I was a kid, we did it all summer long. From the day we got out of school, every single day, there was a game going on somewhere around the neighborhood. That's not happening anymore. No, it's just you, not. No, you don't say. Well, the, for the kids that are interested, they're out the personal trainers or the travel teams. <laughs> Society has changed <laughs> yeah, that way. You don't typically right. see a lot of stuff. But you know, this the constant stimulation uh, that they get, the constant action of, of what they see. Um, you know, I a couple a couple months ago they had the. Um, a 76 um, Monday night baseball replay of uh, the bird, the bird, the bird. And I was sitting there watching it and it just jumped out at me how much quicker of a pace that that game had. Now, Fidrich was not one to mess around. He got the ball and threw it. But batters weren't stepping out. There weren't all kinds of signs. Um, The batters looked like these, like, you know, toothpick types of people. (laughs) It's like, wow, how the game has changed. But it was a very quick-paced game, and and, and, and and you don't have that anymore, which now if you say we're not going to have a season in 2020, you're going to lose younger people. Again, not all of them, but you're going to lose some of them who now are just going to not have an interest of saying, yeah, I want to go down and watch watch a game when we eventually you can go back to, you know, uh, you know, a park to go watch a professional baseball game. Which which li- therein lies the rub, because I asked my son that question. He's, I asked him, I said, well, what can they do? Can they make it faster? And he said, yeah, you know, like play less commercials. And, and you brought up that 1976 game back then. There were what, 90 second commercial breaks. Now they're three minutes. You know, I mean, but that but that is the rub, though, that we talked about. You make way more money off broadcasting than you do off ticket revenue. So right, but it's the speed of play in between the in between that too. It, that it, it's really the speed of play, um, and uh, that you're going to run because these kids, as they're growing up, are just different birds. They grew up differently, right? You know, and uh, my attention span. You know, can how many I, times I've changed? You, yeah, I mean, how many times you sit down, you you watch your favorite sport on TV? How many times do you say, okay, I'm going to watch this, and I'm not going to have my phone in my hand? 
Yeah, never, because I'm following along on Twitter. So yeah, you're doing other things. You're yeah. engaged and, and everything else. But it's something that you know. It, it to me, it'd be a great opportunity to go and experiment and see what happens. And maybe you can you can do something to help the America's pastime continue. Because just because it's been the pastime up to today doesn't mean it's going to currently or continue to be the pastime going forward. They they got a lot at stake. Cam, real quickly before we wrap this episode up, we get into uh, the Tony Paul interview before we exit. Exit stage right here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, episode number 23. He is Cam Evans. My name is Neil Rule. Click subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Click subscribe and you are in there. While you're there, uh, you know, give it a five star. Even even if you don't think it's a five star, just lie and give it a five star. <laughs> how, about, how about that? But uh, the Major League Baseball draft was last night. As we record this, uh, the Detroit Tigers had the first pick. They took Spencer Torkelson from Arizona State. You know, all he did was break Barry Bonds' freshman home run record at Arizona State University and lead the nation, or he might have been second in the nation. I don't remember as, you know, in in home runs as a freshman, uh, certainly can rake smooth-looking swing. Um, but still, with all that being said, there's, what, a 25% chance that, you know, he quote-unquote makes it and of that, maybe a 10% chance he plays in an all-star game, you know, whatever, whatever the numbers are. But I, I did want to touch on the financials of the draft because I had some friends text me and this is again this is in your wheelhouse so I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit here forgive me for that but my friend texted me and as we saw some players slide and he was he was what we talked about right through this pandemic just desperate for sports and the major league baseball draft was on and so he started reading up on it. He was fired up for last night, you know, got his pizza, sat down, was going to watch this, really got neck deep in all of it. And, you know, they, they did the draft the way they always do the draft, where they have, like, the best available on the ticker yep. and then as it goes. And he could not for the life of him understand how the second best player and the third best player fall to five and six and seven. And I, I tried to explain it to him that the financials of the Major League Baseball draft this year were unlike any other year that they've ever had before. Explain to everybody, that this is Radio for Two, and I'm, I'm going to send the link to this to my friend. Explain to him why a team would pass on a better player because of quote-unquote signability. Th- that's the word. It's signability. This year, you only got five rounds. Okay, so round one was last night, as opposed to 40 rounds. So your ability to unilaterally control a player, potentially, by drafting them, has just decreased greatly. So you only got, assume you got to pick in each round. You got five of them this year. So if you go and you have somebody and you are concerned that you're going to be able to reach an agreement with them and sign them, then you've just lost one of your five picks. Potentially, right. Right, in 2020, which, which is huge because after the fifth round, everybody is a free agent. And they've capped those signings at 20,000. So you're not going to get a lot of those high potential um, people that would go after the fifth round, which typically go around 10 to 12, 10 to 15 in the old days in with drafts, you know, we had 40 rounds. Um, but and, and so, yeah, you're going to look and you're going to say, who am I going to sign that I can get into our pipeline this year? And if they were concerned, they weren't going to be able to sign somebody because even though there's a, you know, there, there's there's bracket out there. You got you got you got your rookie pool. You know, it's not like the NFL that, you know, after you, know, you get down to the third round, it's going to be, well, this is what everybody gets. Yeah. You know, you can have that first round and say, guess what? I want more more than my share. You're going to pay me above slot. Um, and I'm willing to say, guess what? If I don't sign with you, 
I'm just going to go play college ball. Either they're either they're a high school and go to they'll go to college, or they're going to remain in college, mm-hmm. um, and 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 see what see what happens. And I think the pressure this year to be able, you know, since you only got five, um, you can't miss. You, yeah, you, all of a sudden you're, you've just lost twenty percent of your draft if you if you don't get somebody. Um, and uh, and the draft is going to be vastly different because you're going to see a whole bunch of people who otherwise would have signed. Uh, you know, they get drafted in you know rounds ten through fifteen, eleven through fifteen, who would sign for good money. You know they're all they're going to sign for you know north of two hundred, three hundred thousand. If it was last year's draft, um, you know that you're capped at twenty. The the owners are controlling themselves, and they're going to save a lot of money from this. But you're going to look at high schoolers are going to say, "Am I going to sign for twenty thousand? I don't know if there's even going to be a season next year. They're not paying a lot of minor leaguers. What am I going to do? What am I going to do this year? Um, twenty thousand can't really live on twenty thousand. And so it's uh, they say, well, I got a college to go to. Well, it might not be a full ride, but at least I can go to college um, and, 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 and see what happens after my third year there. Uh, juniors in college, they may just gamble it and, you know, say I, I'd rather come back for another year. You know, and, and at least I got some, you know, room and board and some tuition paid for. And, you know, I, I, as opposed to I'll t- put 20,000, you won't, you won't put 20,000 in your pocket. You know, you can pay taxes on it. Um, wow. You know, it's it's it'll be interesting to see see what happens um, in that front. But then college people, maybe we might not be playing next year. You know, there's no guarantee you're gonna have a college season next year. Um, <laughs> this is it's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not laughing at it. Obviously, it's just there are so many layers that what this whole situation has added. There are so many layers for everybody involved. I mean, again, we're talking about high stakes, elite baseball. You know, if you're if you're a six round major league baseball draft pick, you're a good player. I you're mean, you're yeah, one you're, of the best in the world. You're really, really good. You have typically yeah. be a senior in college in the old days because right. you have no leverage, and you'll your six rounder will get paid your you know twenty five thirty thousand right. bucks, where your you know fifteenth rounder is going to get two hundred thousand signing. It's just a strange system. The the to me the 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 entity out there that has the potential greatest upside out of this is college baseball because the talent pool of high high school players who otherwise would have not gone to college and signed good money contracts to go and start a professional baseball career. Well, those good money contracts aren't there. It's 20,000. And so now you're going to have um, far more of these high level high schoolers who are going to now enter for three years into college baseball. And I think you're going to see the skill level of college baseball uh, potentially increase significantly here in a window period between, you know, of, um, you know, 2021 through 2024, um, because they really had no other choice. And you start to get, you know, people who otherwise would have gone and put money in their pocket. Um, and now you put that talent level into college baseball and college baseball is getting more and more traction college world series um you can i think you're, you're going to see something and then college baseball is looking at you know potentially modifying their schedule to fit more with the fan base um and if they can get that aligned right i think they, they could be they could see an upside i don't want to say anybody win or losers we got people dying here right you know um but they they could they could be significantly different um coming out for the next three years Listen to Straight Cash Homie podcast episode number 23. He is Cam Evans. My name is Neil Rule. 
How about we do this? We'll send it over to my conversation with Tony Paul, currently furloughed from the Detroit News, but covers baseball, has been around the game for a long time. So let's do that. We'll send it over to my conversation with Tony Paul. This is his... And right now, as promised, we are joined from the Detroit News. You know him. You read him all the time. Of course, he is my good friend, Tony Paul. Follow him on Twitter, at TonyPaul1984. And uh, Tony, how's things, man? Well, I don't know if I could technically be called from the Detroit News today. I'm on furlough, so I don't know what the legal ramifications are of that. So let's just say uh, from TonyPaul.com. How about that? TonyPaul.com. <laughs> he, he's, been, he's been in the baseball game a long time. And the bottom line, Tony, here on the Straight Cash Homie podcast, that is why I, I wanted to touch base with you because, look, there's a lot going on in Major League Baseball right now. The, the news changes by the day. They're not going to play. They are going to play. Well, what's kind of the latest that you've been following around Last we checked, you know, Rob Manfred guaranteed that there will be a baseball season, but there's there's a couple more layers to that, isn't there? Yeah, uh, it sounds like they're they're pretty confident they're going to do something. I guess he has the authority to push through a 50 game or a 48 game season. So, I guess if they're really uh, that gun ho on it, then they'll they'll probably have some sort of semblance of a baseball season. Which, you know, you can take one of two ways. I mean, it you know it'll be kind of a cheapened season, being just 48, 50 games. Um, but uh, but it'd be baseball, it'd be something. And uh, um, I think uh, I talked to Dan Dickerson a little while back, and uh, you know he made the point to me that some baseball is better than no baseball whatever it looks like and uh, I would tend to agree I mean I'm watching the golf tournament right now like it's the goddamn masters <laughs> I mean we're so excited that the damn the, the sport is back I mean there's no fans the camera coverage isn't great you know but uh, it's something and, you know same thing with the baseball draft last night you know it's like there's something to watch and I think given that it's been 90 days or whatever since this pandemic started it's just we're, we're thirsty for anything and uh so I guess I kind of fall on the side of, uh, um, you know, some baseball is better than nothing. And uh, so we'll see. Uh, but 50 games, 48 games, I mean, remember the Tigers threw 50 games last year. I don't think they were that bad. I mean, so, you know, it'd be kind of weird to see what happens with the playoffs. They're talking about the expanded playoffs and everything. So it's strange. But, again, um, we're just hungry for anything right now. Tony Paul, our guest here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, Neil Rule, Cam Evans with you. Follow him on Twitter at TonyPaul1980. So, Tony, I mean, look, you know with the with the labor negotiations looming, I, I, I think that's the proper word, you know with the labor negotiations looming that this had a chance to get pretty messy, and, and certainly it has. And, and the whole public perception right now is that how can baseball do this? I mean, you just talked about how thirsty everybody is for, for anything right now, and baseball has a chance to really grab the sports landscape by the throat and, and take control of it. But you see these guys. And, and the common sports fan, and maybe you can explain this to me, Tony. The common sports fan right now, to much to my surprise, as we listen to talk radio around uh, baseball and around the city here in Detroit, they, they tend to side with billionaires. And, and I never have quite been able to understand that. Shed some light on that for me. Why, why, why am I crazy here? Well, um, I don't know that they always do. Um, it, I, you know, it varies. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a weird situation. I mean, you're, you're siding with billionaires or you're siding with millionaires. So pick your poison, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, we can't really comprehend uh, most of us. Maybe you can uh, with your big bucks, but uh, yeah. we can't. Com- we can't really comprehend the money that's at stake here and, and what it means. Um, 
you know, normally I would side with the players on issues like this, but just because, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, being a union guy, I tend to fall on the, the side of the worker more than the, uh, the employer. Um, but in this case, uh, I mean, you have to understand, I think, you know, um, it's a little different than most labor negotiations in that, um, the, you know, the owners don't, they're not getting any revenue and, you know, they're not selling tickets and baseball is different than a lot of sports, especially football, you know, football owners, NFL owners, they'll make a profit before they sell a single ticket because of their huge TV revenue. Baseball owners aren't that, I mean, that's not the case in baseball. They have to sell tickets to make money, to make a profit. And they're not going to be able to sell tickets probably for whatever uh, length of regular season they end up having this year. So there's no revenue there. There are there are teams with good TV deals. Uh, there are t- Most teams don't have the extremely lucrative ones that some of the bigger market ones have. So uh, there's a lack of money coming in. And so you have to understand where they're coming from that, uh, you know, if you're not, you know, the, the goal of every business is to turn a profit. And uh, um, I, I think that that needs to be understood. And if money's not coming in, I understand why they're a little bit, you know, a little bit cautious about uh, just uh, paying the players exactly what their salaries call for, given that the salary, the contracts are signed when the understanding that there would be 30, 40,000 people in the stands every night. And that's, uh, going to not be the case whenever baseball starts up. Tony, Tony Paul joining us here. Follow him on Twitter at Tony Paul 1984 the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Neil Rule, Cam Evans with you. Talking Major League Baseball, are they going to get things going? Uh, certainly a spinoff to that, what's happening here locally in the Detroit area as well. But that was a great segue, Tony. You, you might have a future in the broadcasting game because I, I did want to talk about Max Scherzer's that comment. a lot coming from the best uh, – play-by-play man in, in Detroit. Oh, uh, <laughs> Believe me, no one was more stunned than me. Uh, you, must have a big, you must have a big family. <laughs> I must have, man. Or, or there wasn't a lot of people voting. One of the two. I mean, uh, that, that, was part of the, that was part of your online curriculum for your kids while you've had to teach them during this uh, virtual reality classroom. It's how to vote on the internet for, uh, for their dad. <laughs> yeah, they had to create an algorithm that would, uh, exactly. yeah, that, that would vote millions of times repeatedly. Uh, exactly. I have them analyzing that in stock charts. The, uh, that's that's the two things that we have going right now. But uh, Max Scherzer today made some news, as a matter of fact, and, and he spoke about the owners, and uh, you can imagine how this probably went, but Max Scherzer today was quoted as saying, you know, I, I hear the owners talk about they're not a net profitable organization in terms of they don't make a net profit. He said, you know what other company isn't very net profitable is Amazon. And, you know, like that's uh, – Tony, that's part of the, that's part of the thing that, that I point to when I look at these these players and what their case is, and your good buddy Scott Boris, um, and I, I say that jokingly, uh, but Scott Boris uh, had some quote a quote too that I thought was great. He talked about how the owners want to privatize the gains and socialize the losses, and, and certainly there is a little bit to this. And, and when you look at these negotiations going on, Tony, this groundwork is being laid for the labor I, I think it's going to be a labor standoff just judged by what's happened over the, the past couple of weeks here trying to get the season going but you look at the groundwork is being laid and every inch is worth a mile because any any victory you have both the player side and the owner side is something that, that will be extrapolated when you get to this labor deal uh, you use a lot of big words there uh, so <laughs> Hey, whatever, whatever you give up right now, Tony, you're going to be giving up in the labor deal next year. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think so. I, I definitely think that there's something to that. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, Scott Boris's comments are, are uh, worth, you know, very it's, little. It's Scott but, Boris, yeah, right. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he stands to lose tens of millions of dollars in commissions, you know, with these prorated salaries and baseball's push for a, a modified salary cap, which, I mean, no one's saying that, you know, from either side definitively, but you get the sense that that's where baseball's trying to go. They're, to, they're kind of using, you get the feel like you like you kind of alluded to, they're using a bad situation as leverage moving forward. And, um, you know, that's disappointing given that, uh, you know, baseball has been very, very good for owners and very, very good for players in that uh, the players are making, you know, massive contracts, um, no salary cap, and owners are seeing record, record revenues. They have, well, not this year, but they've seen record revenues for each of the last several years. So, you know, it's disappointing that it's kind of come to this because, um, you know, you just get the sense that, you know, if, if, if things are good and, ba- and business is good and we assume it'll get back to that point once this, you know, whether it's 2021 or whatever, um, then everyone then everyone should be happy and it's just not it's not turning out that way so uh, yeah I, I you know I fear what you fear that it's going to a standoff and um, while there may be some sort of season this year we wonder um, what things are going to look like in the next couple of years um, and uh, you know baseball's baseball's weird man they you know they they don't learn from their mistakes and they never do. Uh, you know this and you know this this is a sport that uh, you know almost ruined the game because of greed in the 90s and uh, needed an artificial home run race to bring baseball back and now they have this golden opportunity to be the first big time sport to be back in the public consciousness and back on the field uh you know and grab the hold of the nation's attention and uh you know with hockey not coming back till late july and the nba not coming back till late july and uh and you got a chance to get out there in early july you know everything's set up for you and you still screw it up and uh (laughs) you know it's just it's just baseball i mean as easy as things would seem they find a way to screw it up and um you know and that's on many levels and so uh you know it's just it's, it's just disappointing again you you, know, you hate to side with billionaires, but the el- the alternative is to side with millionaires. So, I mean, pick your poison. Um, who's right? You know, we, you know, I guess everyone can look at it differently. I think both sides are probably wrong to some degree. And that again, you've got this golden opportunity, and not just the pandemic, but the gold. You know, the golden opportunity to, you know, just get everyone's making a ton of money, and yet you're still going to screw it up. You, you do, man. You have that window. You could come back Fourth of July, America, Absolutely. America. Well, is undefeated. It's not going to be Fourth of July anymore, right? And that's the problem. You had that opportunity. You had an opportunity to get out there. I mean, all we got is is golf, and God bless it. Thank God it's back. And NASCAR, and uh, you know, you, you know, two relatively niche sports, and you've got a chance to to really get you know grab a hold of the nation's attention, and you're screwing it up. It's just very discouraging. A- absolutely. Uh, before we let you go here, and again, Tony Paul joining us here. Let me go. That's it. Well, no, before I got one more thing we want to get to. I want to localize this here, you know, for for the Detroit area. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Tony Paul nineteen eighty four here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Uh, Tony, I listened to David P. Sampson's uh, podcast, a former uh, president of the Marlins, uh, the ex 
expos as well. And uh, he obviously oh, I miss the expos. Yeah, who doesn't? I, I still have the hat that I wear from time to time. I one I, of the best hats. There's two great logos in baseball history that. Uh, yeah, the Expos and the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. man. You know, I would, it, it wasn't until I was like 24 that I found out that that was an M and a B and not a glove with a ball in it. I know. It was funny. I bought a Brewers hat a while back and uh, for my birthday this year. I treated myself to a, a retro uh, Brewers hat and uh, showed my roommates. Uh, and uh, I said, you know, check out that logo. What do you think it is? And he's like, oh, it's a glove. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but then there's it. And he, oh, mind blown. I, li- I lived my entire childhood, man, thinking that that was a ball <laughs> with a glove in it. You know, a glove with a ball in it. And look at me. Who's the fool? I'm the fool. No, but, yeah. but Tony, I did, want, I, I did want to bring this up to you, though. And David P. Sampson on, on his podcast, uh, it's called Nothing Personal, uh, said something to the effect of, you know, th- there are a group of owners out there that would be very happy to not have the season played. And, and he brought up Chris Illich. And, and when you look at it, when you go a little bit deeper than the surface, it really made a lot of sense to me, Tony. You, you would lose a year of Miguel Cabrera's contract, meaning yeah. you don't have to pay it this year. Jordan Zimmerman would come off the books completely without having to pay that last year of that uh, albatross of a contract they have with him. I mean, it, it, it would be very profitable for Chris Illich to not play baseball this year. I, I know he would never say that publicly, but, but those, are some, those are some motivating factors for some owners in this, in this whole race right here. Well, of course, there's money issues. Uh, it's not; it wouldn't be profitable. It'd be less devastating. Less devastating, okay. Uh, which is profitable, be, I guess. Which uh, is not if you, <laughs> if you take the economics. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the, and I've written about this. Um, the Tigers' payroll situation after 2020 is very, very good. Yes. Um, it is only Miguel Cabrera on the books. Uh, after uh, with an actual contract after 2020 there's nobody else um, once Zimmerman's contract comes off the books and I think they get to stop paying Prince Fielder finally yep. which is a, which is a pleasure um, you know so uh, yeah I mean the payroll situation gets really good after this year so certainly you look at it and you save 37 million on Miguel you save 22 million on Zimmerman or whatever it is exactly I know his deal wasn't equally broken up over the five years it might be more than 22 million i can't remember but yeah you save a lot of money um you know you come back this year you're not going to sell tickets anyway you're going to get basically all you're going to get is the uh is the tv money which is no no small thing that's tens of millions of dollars uh but yeah you're going to struggle to find a way to uh to make money in other ways unless you make the playoffs um so um yeah uh yeah i I think that there's something to that there's also something to the fact that if the tigers uh, if there is no baseball season um you know baseball will probably go to some sort of lottery system for the 2021 draft but whatever would happen the tigers would certainly be in prime position to have the number one overall draft pick again um which would be no small thing either um so there's yeah there's probably a lot of motivating factors where i don't think that uh, i i you know look i think chris illich has his flaws he's not his father he the district detroit thing is a disaster um which you know then you have the you know not try to get political but you have the illich is allowing the use of little Caesars arena for holding cells basically for demonstrators which i think was was gross and and a total mistake uh chris illich isn't perfect but i i I don't know that i'm ready to say that he would be absolutely ecstatic to not have a season um i you know i think that if they have a season he'll lose money if they don't have a season he'll lose money um 
NFL, you know. But when you look at it by the contract, certainly the Tigers would be in a lot better position if they can just basically get these other deals off the books and have one last year to pay Miguel Cabrera. And that, my friend, is the rub. When you, when you think about it all, that that is right. the rub. You're, you're the team that you root for. If if you go at this analytically, the team that that a lot of people that listen to this root for right, here in Detroit. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying you as in the listener. Like the, the, the team that everybody you know that listens to this roots for structurally would be better if they didn't play this year. That is food they're for probably, thought. They it? probably on a whole probably would. And, yeah. um, you know, and I think that's the case with a lot of teams that, uh, you know, are in are in the stage that they're in. And there's a lot of them that have basically admitted to massive rebuilds and winning isn't a priority at the moment. And I think that that would probably uh, be the case with, with several of the owners you know, that wouldn't, uh, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be that heartbroken if a season didn't happen. Problem is, you lose a season, you lose fans. And that's, you know, you're, it's been proven. It's a hard time. I mean, this isn't necessarily the strike, so it's not all about greed. Um, it, you know, the pandemic threw the sports world into a total, you know, unpredictable you know, totally unpredictable mess. Um, so it's not like exactly like the 94, 95 situation, but what that situation did prove us is if you don't have a season or don't have a postseason, uh, you lose fans and it's very difficult to get all of them back. And so that's why, again, baseball had this golden opportunity to get right back out there. And somehow as easy as it sounded like it would be to do, they've screwed it up. Well, luckily for us, it wasn't very difficult to get to you, Tony, uh, as opposed to when I do it. It never is. I haven't left my house other than to go to CVS for three and a half months, so you know where to find me. I do do know where to find it, as opposed to when I'm doing talk radio here in the area, and we call, and and you never answer the phone. you know, if you did an afternoon show, it'd be easier. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I'm trying to work my way up to that. I'm not one for waking up at uh, 6 a.m. I'm I'm more likely to go to bed at 6 a.m. than I am to get up at 6 a.m. Well, hey, when, when uh, when you're a poker hustler like you, Tony, you keep strange hours, man. If I'm a hustler, I'm a terrible, terrible hustler. I didn't want to say that, but uh, that's where I was getting at. No, but Tony, you're very kind with your time, man. Uh, I certainly do appreciate it, and we're going to talk again soon. Very good, Neil. Appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. For Tony Paul and also for Cam Evans, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, everybody. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. What's yeah. 10 grand to me? Yeah, you know ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange, those things changed for the better and for the worse, so I called